Betsy. Those of you visiting or uh, jumping in today for the first time in this series, we are in a, uh, a sermon series that is dealing with the issue of busyness uh, in our lives. Um, we are doing the fourth part of this series today. Uh, we've got one more to go next week, and then we will kind of return to it again sometime next year. So that's the context in which today's message sits. And to kick it off, <clears throat> I'd like us to just step into this event that Betsy read to us uh, about just before. You know, it's an event from the life of Jesus. Uh, he got to a place where he did recall this from the reading, where he did some amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Think about this. They encounter the mum of a, a friend and follower of Jesus who was in bed with a fever. In those days, fevers were serious things. Uh, could very likely take your life, could be fatal. Now, this sparks the people bringing... Oh, Jesus then actually looks, looks at this woman and, and he heals her. I don't know where you sit with the idea of um, natural healing, but Christians unequivocally believe that you know, Jesus could do this and can still do this today. Jesus was no ordinary person. There is great uniqueness about this man, Jesus. And one of the things that he did regularly while he was on earth, very strange, very foreign, almost very uncomfortable, though it may sound to our modern minds, is he could heal people. And he healed this, this, this mum of, of, of a friend of his. And in that place where they are, picture this, uh, stacks of people come to hear this and they bring to him a great variety of people in their entire town who are all struggling with various illnesses, um, mental illnesses, spiritual things uh, that aren't right, that torment them. And Jesus takes the time on that occasion to deal with all of it. This incredible man, Jesus, performs a great deal of healings. And I want you to make no mistake, and me, that if we were there to witness that stuff, it would be one of, would have been, one of the most remarkable things that you have ever, ever seen. Certainly, those who follow Jesus, they're called his disciples in the Bible, would have gone to bed that night on an incredible high. <laughs> when you think about it, think about what you've just seen, what was done before your very eyes, and you go to bed perhaps with an enormous sense of expectation of what's tomorrow going to be like? <laughs> what's he going to do next? And then the story moved on, and we read this bit. I'm not going to read it again, but I'll just put it up there for your reference. 
Early in the morning, after a huge day of great success, Jesus gets up early. He goes to a place where he is alone. He escapes the crowds. He does a dash. And he prays. I think this praying lasted for quite a long time. Certainly enough to annoy his followers so that when he gets back eventually from wherever he was, they, in a sort of way, are ticked off with him. Really, they are saying to him, where the heck have you been? You know, everyone is looking for you. It doesn't come out so much in English, but in the original language, this is very uh, controlling. What do you think you're doing? They're probably, probably thinking to themselves, there are stacks of people here who have not been healed. There are still children dying of cancer here. And you disappear. Jesus, what are you doing, is the question they put to him. And then Jesus says something remarkable to them. He says, the bit at the bottom, let's go. We're done here. We're moving on. Can you imagine being one of the disciples that day, perhaps looking at the leper who also came to get healed that day and saying, sorry, not today. We're moving on. There's no doubt that Jesus, as he was on earth, uh, past many who desperately needed healing and some of this, this miraculous work that he, he was doing. And, and he, he simply said, we are moving on. No one asked to ask the question today. There's much more that this passage is trying to tell us, but in the context of our series of busyness, why? Why did Jesus on that particular occasion we're moving on. What would drive him to take such a sudden turn, such an unexpected turn in the eyes of everyone who saw what happened in the middle of that episode or event in the village or the, the town? I think there can be only one reason why Jesus did not continue to perform healings and miracles in that place. And it's this, healing then and there was not his main priority. It was not his main priority. Priority, as Jacob said this morning, is what is most important to us. Jesus' main priority on earth was to love the world by dying for its sins on the cross so that those who believe in him will have a spirit-filled eternal life in communion with God. The God who will one day the new heavens and a new earth in which there will be resurrected bodies for those who put their faith in him which will be perfect, completely healed. Jesus' mission, his priority 
for which he came to earth was that. We knew it. On that day, harsh, perhaps even sad as it may sound, the truth is, healing was not the most important thing. And so he moves on. Now, let's connect this with the issue of busyness in our lives. Let's just bring it into that, that area. I want to suggest that there are three things we can learn from Jesus in this story. The first is this, and it all comes from the little book that we're, that we're basing this series on, and it's this. If I'm going to serve other people well, if I'm going to serve them effectively, if I'm going to love them well, I have to set priorities. For Jesus, the question on that particular day perhaps was, what is the most effective thing I can do for these people around me? Is it to hang around here for another day or two, restore more physical bodies, drive out more demons, or is it that I head to the cross where I can die for the forgiveness of sin, for the restoration of eternal spiritual well-being, for God's plan of creating that new heavens and new earth to fix all things ultimately, which is more important to these people, most effective for them today? And of course, the story gives us the answer Jesus knew. Heading to the cross was the more important thing. And church, the truth is, there are such instances, not exactly like Jesus's, but similar things in your life too. Sometimes, if we're going to love others well, we have to walk past the good things in life to choose the best. What it boils down to is what one writer, Peter Drucker, calls uh, posteriorities. Priorities are the things we need to know that's most important in life. Posteriorities or posteriorities, I don't actually know how you say it, is quite the opposite of that. We ought to know also what is less important or least important in our lives. Things that I intentionally decide not to do for the sake of the things that I know I should do. And please be aware that those things, those posteriorities, most likely will be good things. They're not bad things. They're often very, very good things. And while it all may sound easy, I think we'll find this a lot harder than we think. I think it took an incredible amount of courage an incredible amount of pain even for Jesus to leave that village that day. I don't think it was easy. But I think he knew. He knew what was most important, what was best. <laughs> and lovingly, humbly, perhaps broken, perhaps with tears in his eyes, he left knowing what he had to do next.
knowing that if he's going to serve effectively and serve well, he needs to know why he's there and focus on that. That's the point here. Very simple. I must set priorities. I must know what is most important in my life if ultimately I'm going to love people well and serve effectively. Point number two. Second thing we can get from Jesus is I must set priorities because I can't do it all. (laughs) I just can't do it all. In fact, we know this, that's fairly obvious, but I think when we take a good stock tack, we'll realise I can do far less than I think I can. I certainly can do far less well than I think I can do well. Sometimes we mistakenly say to ourselves, you know, sure, I can, I can join another team or ministry in my church and be just as effective in the one that I'm already leading in or involved in. Sure, I can play another sport this year and I can be just as effective in investing in my relationship with God and His people. Sure, our church can get involved in another program or initiative and still be effective in the the stuff that we've already set our eyes on that we've deemed most important. Sure, I can work in the Pilbara for six months of the year and still be an effective dad to my children. You can't. The harsh reality is for most of us, for the vast majority of us, that we can do far fewer things well than we think we can. And it's a humble attitude to say, I must set priorities. I must understand what is most important in my life because I can't do it all. (laughs) I'm not God. I'm limited. I'm finite. I'm human. And I've got to accept that. (laughs) Peter Drucker, the writer again, he says this. Listen to this quote. It's very insightful. The supply of time is totally inelastic. No matter how high the demand, the supply will not go up. There's no price for time. There's no marginal utility curve for it. Moreover, time is totally perishable and cannot be stored. Yesterday's time is gone forever and will never come back. Time is therefore always in exceedingly short supply. How absolutely true is that? There's no way, like with money, if you've got an increase in expenses, you can think about, how do I up my income to keep up with the expenses? You can bring those two things in line by tweaking income. You cannot do that with time. (laughs) There is only 24 hours in a day. No one, doesn't matter how successful you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, we all only have the same amount of time. And therefore, priorities are insanely important. We have to know what is most important to ensure that our limited resource of time is spent, budgeted on what is most important in life. If Jesus at least in his humanity, had to make tough 
choices on how he would use his limited supply of time. We're deluded if we think we won't have to make the same tough choices. Point number three. We said in the first place, I must set priorities if I'm to serve others well. Don't think you necessarily serve them better by doing more. You're probably not. You're probably serving them better by doing less. I must set priority because I can't do it all. I'm human. I can do far fewer things better than I think I can. And number three, I must allow others to set their own priorities. Two sub points here. Number one, A, rather, 3.A, be prepared to accept no from other people sometimes. Other words, allow other people to set their own priorities, right? Kevin Young in the book says this, understand that often people say I'm busy because saying, I have many priorities in life and right now you aren't one of them would be too painful. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever said that to someone. <laughs> we usually think about other excuses, but the truth is, look, right now, Etienne, you're just not my highest priority. Okay? And unless we're God, none of us deserve to be the priority for everyone else all the time. Sometimes in this busy world where everything needs to be fast-paced, my email needs to be responded to now, my text message I need to hear back from now, uh, my phone call needs to be returned now, 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 now. At least for those we love, and at least in those instances where really it's not life-threateningly important to hear back now, it would help to allow others to set their own priorities. It's okay if they say no to us. It's okay if they don't respond to us immediately. Uh, let's give grace to one another in that way. So, be prepared to accept no. And then the last one, be prepared to say no to other people sometimes. It's okay to say no simply because they are not your highest priority. Now, I've got a little bit of a YouTube clip for us to show here. Uh, it's just a bit of a laugh. Um, there's no real, well, there is some point to it, but let's watch it and just have a bit of a laugh and then I'll finish up. You're right, Mike. Thank <laughs> you. 
Thanks to Ryan and Bianca who discovered that for us and passed it on. Um, of course, all of those things are valid. I ask people to pray about things all the time because I want them to say yes or no based on what God has revealed to them and how they have sensed and listened to what God wants. That is true. Yet, sometimes, you know, we can just say no. <laughs> no, because it's just not, right now, my highest priority. I have other things that are very important and course that revelation needs to be something that God shows us as well. Let me wrap this up. We said three things today, three points. I must set priorities if I'm going to serve others effectively. I must set priorities because I can't do it all. In fact, I can do only a few things very well. And thirdly, I have to allow others to set their own priorities. You know, it's this very ability of Jesus that we read about in the story, this ability to know his priorities and to stick to them. It's this very ability of Jesus that gives Christians an enhanced ability to do it ourselves. You know, because Jesus fulfilled his mission you are in him. You are filled with his spirit. It means you have an ability beyond anything else in the realm of this world to discern in life what is important. More than that, you have a power to enable you to live that out, actually. This is how great what Jesus did is for us. The fact that he opened the way, he broke open the way for us that we can, in fact, Live a life with good priorities, the right priorities, and stick to those priorities and have them change and set the direction of our life. This is the privilege you have as a Christian to live that same life. So with that, I have a practical challenge for each of us for the remainder of this year and early next year. Sometime before 2019 starts in full swing, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take time out to consider your priorities. Take time out. Whether it's going for a walk, whether it's spending time in your shed, whether it's... Where? Amen. Amen. In your shed is totally fine. On your boat... Um, just be intentional about it. Maybe on the other side of Christmas when the dust settled a little bit, just take that time. You know, it's no coincidence that Jesus said no to the ongoing demands on him in that town straight after a time of prayer. He took time out. He went and thought, what's my priorities? What's most important? And out of that comes this, this whole episode that we see. The same for us. You have the Holy Spirit. Take that time to say, Holy Spirit, what are my priorities? What, what should it be? Think about it. It could be half a day, it could be an hour, it could be five minutes. We're all different, but do it. Do it in some way. And then what, you, what I encourage you to do is write those things down. Don't make it complicated. It could be 
in a builder's pen on the wall of your shed. It could be in your diary made up with flowers. It could be on your iPad. It could be in a document that you keep. I keep a fairly elaborate document of these things that I review every six months. Write it down somewhere. Very basic words. God, my family, my garden, my help, whatever it is for you. Put it down somewhere in, in words. And then as you plan next year, take some time to ensure, and this is the tricky part, that your actual time is spent in line with those priorities. Quite often, most often, I think the priorities aren't the problem. It's what goes on in our diaries. The two just don't quite meet. Review them. Are we actually spending the time with each other as we should? What are some, some action things that we need to do? What are things we need to stop doing? Maybe we need to pull out of some stuff. How do we make this happen? Bring the two into alignment. Early next week, I'll email out this little sheet to you that's on the screen. It's very blurry. Basic template. template. If you want to use it, please do. Uh, if not, do whatever suits you. But whatever you do, know what's most important in your life and just live in line with that. Pathway, if we have clear and healthy priorities, our lives will be busy enough with the right stuff. We'll know what good things we need to let go of in order to grab the best. We'll know what things to walk past in order to get to where we must be. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, please will you give us wisdom to sense the right priorities in our lives, the things that are common to us all and the things that are unique in our lives and perhaps even unique in the circumstances of our lives right now. Help us to set those things well. And then give us the boldness, give us the discipline and the outright power to make the changes that we may need to make. And let us live up to them faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'd like to invite our music team.